For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Royal Rebounds TV with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stand. For laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this gonna be our year. We're here drinking beer, talking about the Kings. Be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring. Yeah. What up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. Unfortunately, your Kings lose tonight, 118-125 to the Chicago Bulls. Davion Mitchell is out with a hand contusion, and De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis combined for 55 points tonight, but it is not enough. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to smash that like button. And if you would like to join the royal family with Calvin, Vinny, and I, make sure you hit that subscribe button before the shot clock expires. Yes, De'Aaron Fox did everything he could today to keep the Sacramento Kings in this game. The guy looks like a completely different player, especially on defense. But DeMar is still dumb in for Chicago. Owns the fourth quarter. This game really was about the others, though. I mean, De'Aaron, 33 points. DeMar, 38. DeMontis Sabonis, 22 points. Yep. Vucevic, 21. However, Kobe White, Killed 31 it. points. Javante Green also added a bunch. Uh, this game was about the role players. Bulls role players really stepped up. Some of the Kings role players played well, but not well enough. Yep. If you're listening via your favorite podcast platform, we would appreciate a five-star rating. And if you would like to be a part of the show, you can always join us live after every single game on YouTube. We'll be right back with your Kings nightcap. We're here. We're not drinking beers tonight, Calvin. You got the day off today. I've been seeing everybody drinking beers now on their podcast, so it makes me not even want to drink a beer. That's right. They can have the beers this time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll be drinking next time for sure. Just taking a little break. We're having a week off with the Sacramento Kings. Calvin and I will be in the gym working on our games. We'll be uh, testing our vocal cords, <laughs> making sure we are fresh to come at you guys as soon as the break is over. All right, Calvin. So as we mentioned, Kings lose tonight. They rolled out the same starting lineup that they have since they acquired Sabonis. A much much better start for Sacramento tonight, including some three-pointers by De'Aaron Fox. He had an amazing first quarter with 17 points. I know he was six for six from the field at one point. But the second half of the game was kind of a different story for Sacramento. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, both teams shot the absolute lights out of the gym today both teams with 50 40 90 games 50 percent from the field 40 percent from three and 90 percent at the foul line the bulls slightly better from the free throw line and from three 
than were the Kings. I mean, th- this game really much opposite, much opposite of the game we just saw them play against the Brooklyn Nets in which the Kings couldn't make a single shot. This just came down to who was going to have the ball last, it felt like. Who was going to make that game-winning shot or that goal-winning yeah. shot. And DeRozan just killed it at the end of this game. Dude could not miss a shot. I want to give a shout-out to everybody in the chat. Thank you guys for joining us. Goffin, Mike, Lane, Fred. Uh, happy birthday, Joe. Welcome, welcome. Glad you guys are all here joining us. Alfie, I see you there, too. He says, I think De'Aaron's not playing any defense. None of the Kings play defense tonight. Maybe Mo Harkless, but... I, I actually have to disagree with that. De'Aaron Fox did play defense tonight. I mean, sometimes great players score a bunch <laughs> of points, but the the guy, the amount of effort that he's giving defensively is a complete 360 or 180, whatever you want to call it, to what he was giving two weeks, two months ago. I, I mean, mm-hmm. he's fighting through screens. He's moving his feet. He's cutting players off on the drive. He's really, really giving a lot more effort out there. It's not exactly translating into stops because it's a team game. Yep. But they were blitzing DeMar DeRozan all day long, trying to get him trapped high uh, above the three-point line and force him to give it up. And when he did, the other Bulls players just knocked down shots. So it's one of those things. You know, I think the Kings' game plan was in the right uh, place tonight. Bulls just knocked down shots, and that's how they won. The effort and energy was definitely there. That's something they have been missing, uh, you know, before the trade deadline. So that was there. But, yeah, you're right. The the Bulls did make shots, specifically DeMar DeRozan. I think this is his seventh game in a row, scoring over 35 points, and I think his 11th straight of scoring over 30. Yes. Dude is he absolutely – walking bucket. He's ridiculous. I was actually trying to look through last season because I know we talked about whether the Kings should add him this year or not. And I think you and I were both in agreement saying, nah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't <laughs> bring in DeRozan to this squad. Dude was lost in San Antonio, and he got revitalized in Chicago, and it, it's showing. I heard the MVP chance tonight. Uh, I would love for yeah. this guy to win MVP. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for him to win MVP. I think that he's going to probably move up in the ranks, obviously because he's on this huge scoring streak, but also because he's shouldering all this load without Levine, without Caruso, without Lonzo Ball. He's had Zach Levine for most of the season. Um, but Zach has you know, been out these past few games, and DeMar has played even better than what he's been playing at all season long, which is an all-star level. Uh, the guy is – he's Michael Jordan reborn right now, literally. Yep. Like, it, it's, he's doing stuff that Jordan never did with the Bulls. He's even shooting threes. I saw this three <laughs> late in the game that it just kind of uh, – around the rim, yep. and then it makes it in, and I'm like, no way. This dude is making everything. But, hey, I want to get something out of the way real quick. Uh, I'm going to rant for a little bit here, and then we'll move on. But the refereeing in this game was absolute garbage. I, I know I don't like to blame losses on referees, and and obviously the Kings did not lose this game because of the referees. You have to make shots. You have to execute. Um, you know That stuff aside, the refereeing in this game was completely trash. I saw so many plays where, you know, Deer and Fox got elbowed in the face. Sabonis seemed like he was on the ground for half of this game. It was just over and over. It was one way, one sided calls. It was pissing me off. And then at the end of the game, they go and trap one of the Bulls players. He leaves his feet, throws a bad pass. One of the Bulls catches it and falls on Sabonis, and the foul is called on Sabonis. It's bullshit, Calvin. 
Yeah. Uh, unfortunate calls for sure. Um, those calls didn't do anything to uh, open Kobe White or an open Javante Green from three, though. Uh, and I mean, Stewart's right here. That out-of-bounds call was garbage. Yeah. But yeah. It, it was like a we close, say, it happens. A, a close game all the way through. Anytime you have games like that, officiating calls in general are going to feel like they're more magnified uh, because it's a tightly contested game, you know, that comes down to the wire. Like you said, it's not why the Kings lost tonight. Yeah. And, you know, you always have to adjust if the referees are letting the game go a little bit more physical, if they're letting you play through things, you just have to adjust. That's the job of a player. But as a fan, I was very, very frustrated watching the refereeing during this game. I really was. All right. I got that out of the way. Uh, I just had to, had to vent a little bit. I'm feeling a little bit better. Yeah. And, you, uh, you sure you don't need a beer after that? Or? Maybe. 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 We'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, so what do you want to talk about first, Calvin? we got a lot to talk about in this game. I yeah. want to talk about DiVincenzo. I want to talk about Mo Harkless, De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis. Uh, you know, the... I want to talk about the Bulls bench. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, if I were to say anything critical of the Bulls tonight, the bench sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Only eight bench points for the Bulls. Yeah. Well, but, again, most of their bench players are now starters because yeah. all of their starters are hurt. Yep. Um, so that, you know, just like we've seen with the Kings in the past where a lot of their starters have been out, they've had to pull guys like Davion into the starting lineup. It's affected their bench tremendously. Yep. Affected Chicago's bench again tonight. Um, I will say quickly – the, the Kings really did miss Davion Mitchell tonight. Definitely. Not so much maybe for his scoring necessarily, but he could have been one of those guys that they could have really used on Kobe White on the perimeter. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he is a great defender. He would have made it much more difficult for him, I think. So they, they definitely missed having him out there. Um, th that being said, I, I think the, the starters are starting to get a, a little more um, – Obviously, they're getting building chemistry. They're working a little bit better together. Mo Harkless tonight, uh, you know, he played 30 minutes, and he was obviously out there for his defense more than his offense in this game. But the Kings really, you know, we've talked about it all year long with him. When he only has, if he's going to play that many minutes and only score two points, that hurts the Kings, especially in a high-scoring game like this. They could have really used just a little bit more out of him or out of a guy like Rashawn Holmes, who I know people are really – bagging on right now yeah i mean harkless had four points tonight both of those were dunks i know his first dunk was, was like in the third quarter divincenzo threw him a nice pass right up the middle easy dunk but harkless was was basically absent on offense for the sacramento kings tonight but he's done that multiple times this season you know we've seen games where he's had 10 points we've seen games he's had 16 points we've seen games with two points zero points uh, the Kings usually win when he has double-digit points or more, and they usually lose uh, every other game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. But as you mentioned, the Bulls were missing a lot of players tonight. Lonzo Ball's out. Alex Caruso's out. They said that he should return to dribbling in the next couple weeks. Zach Levine was out. Patrick Williams was out. And then Davion Mitchell was out with a hand contusion. Uh, so a, a bunch of mix-ups, uh, you know, as far as rotations and lineups for both teams, but the Bulls were able to prevail. Calvin, let's take a look here at the box score. Let's do it. De'Aaron Fox, another huge game for him. 41 minutes tonight, 33 points, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, shot 
fantastic once again, even two of five from three. Uh, I think we can safely put to put to bed or put to rest the free throw concerns that we've had about De'Aaron Fox in the past. Guy's been a machine at the line over the past six or seven games. He's shooting, I think, well over 85%. Uh, did have five turnovers today. Balls in his hands a lot, uh, but obviously, you know, you would want to cut down on that a little bit. Sabonis, another near triple-double in 37 minutes, 22 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals as well. Holiday and Barnes with 18 points and 17 points, respectively. And Chemezi Metu, the only bull, or excuse me, Kings player in double figures off the bench with 11. DiVincenzo added 9 as the, the Kings basically played an eight-man rotation today. Trey Lyles gets in there as the ninth person, ninth player for five minutes, but it was pretty much an eight-man rotation for the Kings today. Yeah, Ramon, we're going to talk about the draft here in the second section, so make sure you stay, uh, stay with us here because we'd love to talk about the draft. Another disappointing performance by Rashawn Holmes. Ten minutes, zero points, 0 for 3 from the field, only two rebounds. Uh, I mean, at this point, I don't really know what to say. You know, there's there's not many more excuses for him. We're like, oh, he's he's having problems readjusting to the goggles. Uh, he needs to get back in shape. You know, n now he lost his cousin like last week. It, yeah. it just seems like at this point, it's like, okay, we made all the excuses. You know, we gave you time. We tried to be patient. You're adjusting to a new role. But, like, you're a bench player now. You're on the bench. You're playing against bench players on the other team. Like, let's see something. Let's see some stats. Let's see some points. Let's see some rebounds. Let's just see something. I, I honestly think he's missing the playmaking abilities of a guy like Tyrese Halliburton. But oh, what's your thoughts on Rashawn? Well, I mean, all, all of the things that you just said are right. He's, obviously, he's had a really tough year, mentally, physically, all of that stuff. So, you know, he's human, just like the rest of us, and, and that's going to affect him on the court as well as off the court. But I, I think the biggest thing for him right now is that, like you said, he's both having to adjust to a new role and coming off the bench, but he's also – Rashawn is a player that is very dependent on specifically the guards around him for how he produces uh, offensively. So now he's played, you know, all of the last – one and a half seasons with Tyrese and De'Aaron Fox primarily. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, before that, multiple seasons with De'Aaron Fox. Now he's not really playing with either of those guys anymore. He's having to adjust to play with people like Dante DiVincenzo, Davion Mitchell. Um, so he's working with completely different guards who have completely different skill sets yeah. than De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton do. Again, those are more excuses I get that, but they're very real in having to in how it affects how he plays on the court. You add all the other stuff on top of it, the injuries, losing somebody that's really close to you, you know, it's going to make it really difficult. So hopefully he comes out of this a better person and a better basketball player and just continues to fight through the adversity, but it's not easy for him right now. There that's definitely true. When you can't get your own shot, you know, it, a lot of it is out of your control, right? Like, yeah. yes, when people set you up right and you miss the shot, it's on you. But when you can't literally get your own shot, so much of that is on the players around you. Definitely. It really is. And, and <laughs> What's everybody, up, Bryce? I, I'm just, you got your little rant in earlier. I'm going to get <laughs> go, my little rant it, in right now. I, I just, you know, obviously 
we do as fans of this team or as people that cover this team, all that stuff, you want to see Rashawn play better. And the Kings need him to play better if they're going to be a legit team. But to say that the, the Kings are losing games right now solely because of Rashawn Holmes, I'm not saying anybody in this chat is doing that, but I see a lot of people on social media doing things like that. That couldn't be farther from the truth. The Kings played a good enough game to win this game today. They scored 118 points. They shot the lights out, but they gave up 125. And, yeah, Rashawn obviously plays a part in that. He's on the floor when they play defense. But to, to say that he is the reason that the Kings are not performing the way they should be right now is just flat-out wrong, in my opinion. I mean, there's, there's so many other things that go into the, to how the Kings are playing right now. You take into account how decreased of a role Rashawn Holmes is playing on this team, too. He's one of the last areas of concern, I would say, for them right now. Yeah, what up, Sean? Good to see you. It was a good game. I mean, like, we lost the game. Yes, we're frustrated. The referees, you know, some disappointments and stuff. But, hey, the Kings were actually playing competitive basketball. We forget this Bulls team is uh, – I think they actually have the best record in the East now after winning – today yeah the, the top of the east is so jumbled but they've yeah. been right up there basically the entire year but they're a great they're a great team and so they're a phenomenal team and people forget about the bulls too they've played probably the majority of the season without their their main group of players i mean yeah. a lot of teams have been in that situation but the bulls have been really affected they were the first team to get hit with covid it ran through them really, really big. They actually went on a huge win streak during that mm -hmm. while they had all these players out. Now they've got injury after injury after injury, and they've still performed all season long. So th this team is is legit. I mean, they're, they've had they've got the right group of people. Again, we talk you know a lot about the Kings, how they, their role players are kind of falling into place now that they've traded for all these new guys. And uh, the Bulls are, are ahead of them in that regard. They, they've started this season – knowing exactly who they were and they've played that way all year long yeah you got to give credit where credit's due the bulls are playing very very well i also want to give who a, we thought they were <laughs> i also want to give a shout out to justin holiday because i thought he played exceptionally well tonight 18 points for him six of 12 shooting six threes dude was trying to match kobe white's performance tonight unfortunately he couldn't uh couldn't do it but i love the game out of drew holiday or sorry out of justin holiday yeah tonight but calvin i want to talk a little bit about sabonis you know i see a lot of people here in the chat saying that sabonis was getting beat up all night by the bulls uh you look at the team stats unfortunately the kings were out rebounded in this game yep. uh but sabonis almost a triple double tonight 22 points 12 rebounds eight assists two steals three turnovers 10 of 15 from the field another amazing game from sabonis he definitely was much more aggressive than he was in the last game. But I just want to hear your thoughts on the Ox. Love the Ox. Uh, you know, love everything that he brings to this team. He, he's going to look like he gets beat up a lot because that's just the style of play that he, he plays with. He's a, a bruising force inside, um, able to clear out space for himself, you know. And so when you play that, that way – that's how teams are going to defend you. They're going to be really physical with you because they don't have any other option. If you're physical first, you yeah. got to have some physicality back playing defensively. And then it's a question of, you know, what are the, how are the refs going to call the game? And you can, as we've already done today, argue whether or not it was correctly called. But I mean, he, he's exactly what this team needed. Like uh, it's plain as day to me. One of the things they need. 
one of the things they needed, but yeah. a huge piece of the pie. I, I mean, yeah. it, it's I don't know, I don't want to undervalue or understate what he brings to this team. The fact that De'Aaron Fox is a completely different player now with him, I think Harrison Barnes is also going to greatly benefit from playing alongside a guy like DeMontis Sabonis. He's he's a fantastic pickup for this team, and I think it's only going to get better, you know, as he continues to play more and more games. Yeah, the frustrating thing for me is only two free throws tonight for Sabonis. Yeah, uh, because he was involved in almost every single play when he was out on the court. Like I said, it seems like he was on the ground half of the game. He was really getting beat up in inside. He had to work for every single bucket that he got. I, I think he should have had ten free throws tonight in the game. Yeah, I, I mean, that, unfortunately, that's the way it goes in the NBA. I mean, we said that earlier in the year about De'Aaron Fox. We felt like he wasn't getting to the free throw line enough. Yep. Yep. He's gotten to the line a lot, you know, over the past month or so. And when you look at the total for the game, Kings shot more free throws than the Bulls, 22 free throw attempts tonight. And they've been up at the top of the NBA in free throw attempts all year long. 22 is pretty close to their average. Yeah. And a couple of those were and ones for DeMar DeRozan on that mid-range yeah. where yeah. he's getting fouled and he still makes those shots. The dude is unbelievable in the mid-range. It's it's really crazy. What's up, King Key, uh, Key Kings? Good to see you there. Uh, Calvin, I think Charlie wants to talk about coaching. He wants to talk about Alvin Gentry. It's on my list to talk about in the second section as far as like uh, next season and what to do this off season. But, you know, we've had a four game little sample size now of Sabonis and Fox. The Kings are two and two in that. I just want to hear your thoughts on Alvin Gentry. Is he the right coach for this squad? Do you like what he's doing? I know he made some mistakes tonight. Uh, you know, things that we'd praise him on earlier in the season about calling timeouts to break momentum, uh, you know, using his challenges at the right time. I don't think he did any of those things right tonight. But I just kind of want to hear your thoughts on on him. Well, first of all, when it comes to co challenge, coach's challenge, that's actually less on the head coach than it is the other coaches. It, it's the decision, ultimate decision to challenge a call is the head coach's decision. But he uses the information given to him from his assistant coaches before he decides he wants to make the challenge. So, yeah, I mean, you can always say, was it the right decision or was it the right time to use your challenge? Um, but it actually falls on the entire coaching staff, not one person. Um, as far as coaching in general goes, you know, I don't think any Kings fan has really been 100% that Alvin Gentry is the next head coach of the Sacramento Kings ever since the day that he became the interim head coach, right? Like, yeah. he's just the filler guy. It was always going to be that way. I've said numerous times that I thought he was a good person for the situation the Kings were in, given his experience in the league, like also dealing with being an this. interim head coach. Yeah, a young team, a, a good offensive-minded coach. Um, so is he the person that I would pick to be the next head coach of this team? No, I don't think that's going to change, really, regardless of how the season ends. But... I do think that since this new group of players has come in, you've seen a shift or a change in the offense of this team. It looks much, much better. Yeah. And I, I go back to Buddy Heald. You know, I really think that Buddy Heald, and I don't think I'm going to surprise anybody or, or uh, change anyone's mind here by saying this, but Buddy Heald was just a – when you're try as a coach, when you're trying to put together a solid team offense, guys like Buddy Heald just ruin it sometimes for you. 
and he's not the only one or the only reason why the Kings offense wasn't, you know, great at all times. But this group that they have now, even though they haven't played together that long, they're all willing passers. Sabonis is a fantastic passer for a big man, which Mm -hmm. really changes your offense in the NBA. They've got guys that can cut. It it just seems like everything is more fluid, more, uh, you know, more solid all around. Like, and, I don't know exactly how much of that goes on the coaching staff and how much of it goes to the players. I'd like to think that it's a pretty even mix. So, you know, again, Alvin Gentry's not my long-term answer, but he's what they've got right now, and, and what they're doing offensively is good. It's working. So I would continue to stick with that. Again, for me and it, with the Kings, it's always going to come down to defense. I've never had a problem, or at least in the past couple of years, you know, I've never had a problem with how this team plays offensively. They just can't stop anyone. That's yeah. why they don't win games. So you're saying Gentry is is Mr. Right now? He, but he's not Mr. Right. He's not Mr. Right now. He's just what he's what we've been given. Like, yeah, they made the decision to fire Luke Walden early, yeah. early on in the season. So now you're stuck with this, like. It doesn't make any sense to hire a new head coach right now. You're not going to hire the the candidates that you want right now because they're all in the middle of the season like everybody else. So this is what you've got to stick with for the rest of the year. I agree with Brian here. He said, I think players need more games together. Bowl's probably one of the tougher teams. I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. It really is. So looking here at the team stats tonight, it looks pretty good for Sacramento. 51% 51% from the field, 40% from three-point range, 90% from free-throw range, which is, you know, something that we have talked about in the past. They shot more free-throws than the Bulls in this game. Uh, they did get it out-rebounded. Assists were pretty even. Steals were pretty even. Blocks were pretty even. Turnovers were even. Points in the paint. You know, like, this was a really even matchup, which is crazy to it think was. because – you know, both of these teams are trending in opposite directions, right? Like if you were to take the wins for the Bulls and the losses for the Kings and you flip them, they're pretty much identical at this point, which is crazy. Both teams have dealt with a ton of injuries uh, with new players coming on their team. Sacramento more recently bringing in new players. But I agree with Brian here. You know, you just got to have more time, get these guys to know each other. They got to play together. I think this week off is really going to help them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, if the Kings come into this season with this group, this new roster that they have currently, and, you know, they're in the playoff race at the time this game happens, we're all sitting here saying, man, that was a great game. DeMar DeRozan is just a little too much down the end, you know, but this is an evenly uh, a good, you know, measuring stick game for a team that's trying to make the playoffs. The the Kings just right now have this huge hole they're trying to dig themselves out of. So we're all, you know, looking for extra problems like what's wrong with Rashawn Holmes and all this other stuff. Th- this was a really evenly contested game between a really, really good team and a team that we think is getting a little bit better. So I, I think it's, again, encouraging. Like Brian says here, they just need some more reps. They need to play more games together. Didn't have Davion tonight. That hurts. But they shot well enough to win this game. Yeah, and if Kobe White doesn't go crazy in this game, I think the Kings win this game. You know, like nobody expected Kobe White to have 31 points in this game. The guy's only averaging 13 a game for the season. Yeah, so yeah. Now he's totally capable of doing this. Like 
I, I mean, mean, he did. He's, he did it. He did. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's he's a starter. I think a lot of people view him as a starter in this league. Yeah. Um, and now he's the sixth man for Chicago. So his role, just like we've talked about Rashawn Holmes's role changing a lot, his role has changed a lot this year too. But it's also kind of freed him up a little bit because now when he goes out there, he really only has one job, and that's to put up shots and score points. And that's what he did today for sure. So Jeremy Lamb sat out today with a left sore ankle. We didn't see uh, Josh Jackson or Keita or Jones or Len or King. It seems like we haven't seen a bunch of those guys in a while. I know Davion was out in this game. But uh, what do you think about this starting lineup of Fox, Holiday, Harkless, Barnes, Sabonis? Are you happy with this starting five? Would you switch it up? You know, I, I was listening to the Kings uh, beat yesterday with James Hamm, and he was talking about Dante DiVincenzo potentially being a starter, stuff like that. I, I just want to hear your thoughts on the starting lineup. What, what would you do if you were Coach Cal? I would keep it the same. I think that the starting lineup they're using is the right starting lineup. I mean, really, the on, to me, the only uh, change or, or tweak that you could make would be, like James is saying, it's the starting shooting guard. It, it, who do you want? Is it Davion? Is it Justin Holiday? Is it Dante DiVincenzo? That, to me, all the other positions are solidified. Uh, I mean, Mo Harkless, he's been very up and down for the Kings this season, but in, I think in terms of what the Kings are trying to do right now, it, it makes a lot of sense to start him and Harrison together at the forward position because of their versatility, because of what they can give you defensively rebounding. You know, if Mo Harkless is able to score, that's a huge plus and it yeah. changes the game a lot for Sacramento. Um, but you know, when you talk about, well, who would you start over him? It's like, do we start Metu? Um, do they try to play two traditional bigs together? Rashawn Holmes and Sabonis. I don't think either of those are the right options. So I think that what the Kings are doing right now is good for their starting five. I certainly wouldn't be upset to see Dante DiVincenzo get a start. I think he deserves it. But to me, him and Holiday are, are pretty interchangeable, I would say. Do you think having Justin in the starting lineup helps Sabonis at all because they played together? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can see it. I mean, I think they said when the, the two those guys were traded here, they gave out some stat that, like something like 24 or 25% of all Sabonis' assists yep. went to Justin Holiday. So they're very comfortable together. Um, so it, it makes a lot of sense, absolutely. Yeah, and I already gave a shout-out to Justin for his game tonight. Six threes. Dude had an incredible game. But honestly, I, I feel like Dante is probably going to be the future shooting guard of this team. Uh, I think that's what they want from him for yeah sure. yeah i don't know the if question it's is, is this he gonna season take it or not? You know, i don't know if it's be, next season but yeah i think he's still coming back i think what this is game 19 or 20 uh coming back from that ankle injury which can definitely mess with your shot which we've seen uh he has been struggling to shoot from three-point range but he did make a three tonight i heard katie with a new nickname downtown dante mm -hmm. um but the dude is shooting 34 percent from three for his career which I have to say is pretty good. You know, maybe I'm backing myself in a corner here because you'd say, well, buddy, healed 40%, you know, career three-point shooter. But for me, 33% and up from three-point range. You're basically averaging a point per shot, right? You make one out of three, it's a point per shot. That's the same as a guy shooting 50% from the field. Yep. 
So I'm happy with him shooting these shots as long as he's open. Yes, some of them are a little early in the shot clock, but I love the defense. I love the rebounding. I love the energy and the effort from him, and I think the shot will come. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, people are still forgetting he's he's still coming off of an ankle injury. Like, he missed a lot of time this year. So now he's playing with a brand-new team, and he's trying to work himself back physically. It's going to take a little bit of time, but he's a really solid player. I don't have any concerns about him long-term. Why don't you think Damian Jones got any playing time tonight? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I, the only thing I can really guess or surmise is that since they've traded for all these new players, the, the goal is to try, especially since um, you know we're getting towards the end of the season and the Kings are already on the outside of the playoffs looking in, the goal right now is to try to get these guys playing together more as a big unit. That means all the new guys are going to get minutes. You, they've completely shortened the rotation, and they've taken all these other guys that we're used to seeing, like Alex Len and, and Damian Jones, mm -hmm. um, and they're not getting in right now. And I think that's basically just because the goal is to try to get these new players worked in around the core group of Kings players that they kept in the steal as well. Yeah, and they don't need to showcase anybody for trades right now. Right. You know, it's it's right. it's shortening up the lineup. They're trying to win games right now. And uh, you know, they're they're trying to make stuff happen. Damian Jones unfortunately didn't play tonight, but Davion Mitchell was actually injured. And uh so was what's his name? Jeremy Lamb was injured as well. All right, next on the list here, Calvin. The Bulls went on a 5-0 run to start the fourth quarter in this game. They had a bunch of shots after this. They could have gone on a 7-0 run. They could have gone on a 9-0 run. Unfortunately, the Kings were, were taking bad shots. Uh, they weren't getting good looks at the bucket. What do the Kings need to do to stop these runs? Because we've seen this as kind of a pattern in the past, right, where they just allow these teams to go on big runs. And I know 5-0 is not a lot, but it can definitely set the tone when starting a quarter. And the Kings were only down by two going into the fourth quarter. So it makes it a seven-point game. Uh, it just makes it a little bit harder for these Kings to, to get back into the flow. What can they do to stop these kinds of runs? Well, one of the oldest adages in basketball is that basketball is a game of runs. So, I mean, the real answer is you're never going to stop runs completely. Like teams are – it's just going to happen to the question is, or the, or the thing to, to worry about, is how can you limit the total number of big runs that a team goes on over the course of a game? And how can you make it so that those runs are just 5-0 runs or 7-0 runs? We've seen the Kings so many times give up 13 nothing runs, 17-2 runs, 26-2 runs, stuff like that. Those are the things that you really can't afford uh, if you're going to try to win a basketball game. And how do you stop it? I mean, there are a variety of different things. I know since everybody thinks Alvin, Country is a Alvin Gentry is a terrible coach, the first thing people are going to say is, well, he needs to call timeouts quicker. And you can do that. I mean, sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, I, a lot of it is an in-game adjustment, too. I mean, you know, especially in the start of a fourth quarter, when a team's been playing a certain way, and then all of a sudden they go on a run to start the fourth, you might have to make some minor adjustment to, uh, defensively or offensively from the way that you've been playing the whole game. Uh, maybe it's 
double DeRozan in a different area of the court or, um, you know, I'm, there's no one answer, I guess, is what I'm trying to say to this. Yeah. But the key is how do you, like I said, make it so that the runs are not extended runs and you don't see huge runs happen multiple times throughout the course of a game. When you shoot like the Kings did today, that's going to help a lot um, because just shooting 40% from three cuts down on a lot of r potential runs that a team could go on. Mm -hmm. Again, how do you find a way to rebound and close stuff out on the defensive end? That's the real way that you get a stop or, or cut a team off when they're going on a big run. DeMar DeRozan has been the king, and the Bulls in general have been the best fourth quarter team all season long. So it's much easier said than done to say, well, all right, we're going to shut down DeMar DeRozan in the fourth quarter and, uh, you know, basically just turn the faucet off on this team. Like, it, it, it's not always going to work that way. I think Charlie has a good point here about Chemezi guarding DeRozan. I also saw him jack up a three at the start of that fourth quarter as well. I haven't been as impressed with Chemezi lately as I have, you know, early on in the season. Yeah. I feel like he just keeps getting beat on defense over and over and over again. Like he doesn't have the the lateral quickness or, or something, but he just seems to keep getting beat by guys. I think he does have enough lateral quickness to be a good defender. He's got great length, great athleticism. I, I think he has all the, the tools and the makings of a good defender. What he does do a lot is he gambles, just like Tyrese. Mm. He can get a little bit too um, – lackadaisical when he's an off-ball defender not staying fully aware of where his man is and the ball at the same time um, and then you know as the ball gets swung around the perimeter he's then caught in a bad position having to recover and all of that stuff and you know I, I don't I think that for a young player like that when you come into a team that doesn't play any defense how are you gonna get better you know right like he, he yeah. needs he needs the mental attitude of somebody like a Jimmy Butler or something like that to really lock him in defensively, I think. He is capable of being a good defender. Good timing, good shot blocker, um, you know, quick leaper, great leaper, all that stuff. So he has all the tools, but, I mean, I agree. I, I don't think him on DeMar DeRozan was the right answer. However, you know, you can't have Harrison Barnes and Maharkless play 48 minutes in a game. So somebody is gonna, yep. somebody else is gonna have to take him for a little bit. Yep. Shout out Sass and B Walston. Good to see you guys here in the chat. All right, Calvin. Let's uh, let's jump here into your keys of the game, and then I'm ready to move on to the next section. We got a special guest tonight, uh, Skip from Sackdown, Sacktown Breakdown. Yes, yes. Um, I'll, I'll go through them real quick. Number one was try to force the ball away from DeRozan. You know, what are you going to do? Like, uh, that's what every team tries to do to Chicago. And the Kings did do, I think, a good job of that in spurts. They were, like I said, trapping him, you know, high early on in the offense. As soon as they, they got the ball across half court, they would send a couple guys at him. But when he rotated the ball out of that double team, the Bulls just knocked down shots a lot. And then, you know, DeMar DeRozan is also a great player, and he can score on double teams pretty easily. So easier said than done, and, and unfortunately they just he, – he made a bunch of tough shots again in the fourth quarter. Number two was got to guard the three. This Bulls team has been one of the best, if not the best, three-point shooting teams all season long, and they lit it up again today over 40%, over 41% from three. 
And number three was take care of the ball. Uh, the Kings did a, a better job of that tonight than they have in the past couple of games. Only 13 turnovers today, which, you know, again, if they can stay in that, that 11 to 14 range per game, I'm okay with that. It's when they have these lapses where they make terrible turnovers on multiple possessions in a row, all of a sudden they go from having, you know, no turnovers in the first quarter to seven early on in the second. That's what they really need to worry about and, and focus on cutting down. Yeah, I'm just sorry. I'm just reading the chat here. B. Walston, 7-21 on the road. I mean, when your team is this far below 500, what are we, 16 games below 500? Your road record and your home record are both going to be right. trashed. Uh, but, you know, they're making changes. They're adding players. They fired a coach. Uh, hopefully they'll get some time together over this next week. Maybe we'll see some positives coming out through the rest of the season. That's also one of my topics of the next section. And, uh, you know, Monty said in his press conference he has all his picks and he's prepared to make a big move this offseason, uh, which could even include signing a guy like Zach Levine, who is a free agent at the end of this season. He is a free agent. We'll see how that goes. All right, guys, um, we are going to take a quick break here. So if you need a chance to break the seal, here is your chance. Uh, when we return, we're going to talk a little bit more about your Sacramento Kings with Around the Crowd. Welcome back. This is Around the Crown. We're talking all things Sacramento Kings and beyond. Join the royal family by hitting that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, you might as well smash up that like button. All right. So as I mentioned, we're going to have Skip joining us here in a few minutes. Uh, Vinny, is he almost queued up? All right. Yeah, let's bring him in. What's up, my man, Skip? How you doing? Um, had a had a heck of a time uh, hanging out with y'all, and uh, you know, uh, and Vinny too. Shout out to my man Vinny. Shout out to Frank. It was a, it was a great time. Oh man, we had an awesome time. So first thing I want to talk to you about, I have a few things. So I hope you're prepared. I hope you blocked off the rest of your schedule for the night because we got a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> but I want to talk about your man, Buddy Healed. He's been blowing it up. He had 36 points the other night against the Bucks in a loss for the Pacers. I know Giannis went for 50 in that game. But I just want to hear your thoughts on Buddy Heal. Does he look like a new player in Indiana? Is he motivated now? And then you could even touch on Tyrese if you want. I know that's a tough subject for a lot of Kings fans right now. Um, this is... This is who Buddy Hield is. And I know a lot of people at first will be like, hold, no, 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 this is not who Buddy Hield is. We watched like five plus, I don't know, six seasons or whatever of Buddy Hield. Like, this is not who, no, this, this is who Buddy Hield is. This is who a lot of players are when they get into a different situation and they're happier. You know, when they're happier, they play more inspired basketball. Um, when they're with uh, teammates um, who hold them more accountable and coach, I mean, we're talking about Rick Carlisle here, who will hold them more accountable. And you're playing with joy. You know, you're not playing to. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. Right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. 
That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Get out of a situation. You're playing with joy because you're in a new situation. Um, so expect um, not all of the Kings players that we traded, but expect a number of them. Don't be surprised when we see Marvin Bagley hit the Pistons floor that all of them have a little extra pep in their step. Um, Tyrese Halliburton included. I'm just loving seeing him shine in his new situation. Um, the silver lining on this thing for me, though it still hurts, is that Monty McNair did him a favor by giving him his own team to go to. So, um, you know, for me, I, I'm a fan of, uh, you know, I'm a fan of Buddy Hill. I'm not a fan of the bad decisions that he makes, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of his shooting. It's undeniable. There's a reason why he was right behind Steph you know, on a, you know, for, for three point shots made this season. And, and I think we took, took him for granted a little bit, but um doesn't matter now. He's in a different situation. I'm excited for all of the players and I wish them all health and success on their new teams. Yeah. I think that's all we can do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the, you, we can do other things and <laughs> some things fans are, but that's okay. We fan fan how you want to fan um, me, Cal Berry. This is this is how we're going to fan for, uh, for, for for the Kings and for those former Kings. 100%. We don't root well against said. anybody unless they're playing against the Kings. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to talk about De'Aaron Fox. I'm done with Buddy Heald. I'm done with Tyrese. <laughs> I'm done with these guys who don't play for Sacramento anymore. Um, you and I, we've had you on the show in the past. You and I have been really critical at times this year on De'Aaron Fox specifically. Obviously, a lot of people in the Sacramento community have felt like he needs to be more of a leader on this team, all that stuff. But for me, it was it was more like X's and O's stuff, just hustling, playing better defense, cutting guys off, using that quickness, that speed to your advantage, not just offensively, but defensively. I've seen a big change from him since these new players have come into Sacramento. I want to know if you've seen the same thing. Um, I, I will agree that I've seen, um, I, I can say we've seen the same thing. I, I'll say we'll prop we're, maybe we describe it uh, a different way or, um, I'm a little more, well, I'll just, I'll just say this cause I don't want to speak for you. I, I've seen a change to me. It's still not enough. Um, primarily because this team is still for the most part has a lot of the same traits and attributes. We have some players that play harder. We have some, um, we, we have Sabonis who opens up the cutting and, and the, and the uh, movement of guys off the ball that we want to see. I still want to stop seeing guys stack on the other side of him and know to rotate back around. So that way he can keep the passing going around. Cause like a few guys cut and then we stack up on the other side and it kind of messes up the spacing a little bit. But um, I, like I've, I've seen De'Aaron play a little more inspired. I've seen him try more there's there's markedly more effort especially on defense for him um but it's um i mean it's it's still not enough um you know and and to me when when monty makes changes like this when he says we're gonna we're going to lean into 
the rest of the season, but mostly next season, then for me, I'm like, okay, if you got rid of the future to go into right now, then I expect wins faster. I expect changes and 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 and, uh, and drastic improvement faster. So for me, I'm gonna be one of those Kings fans who who knows 16 years of, you know, of of losing. Um, who knows that this was a really big change to bet on right now. I'm gonna have higher expectations because I, we've all dealt with um, more than enough losing. No, that's a good point. I, I agree with that definitely. You you want it's obviously it's not enough um and just the Aaron Fox alone is not going to be enough for this team to turn the corner and get to where we want them to be uh but it's encouraging for me you know if he's going to be the guy they they are definitely doubling down on him now as he is the guy for this franchise sure he has a running mate with him now in Sabonis mm-hmm. um but he he's the man he's been on this team for a long time they've really really they if they hadn't given him the keys to the city before they've definitely given it to him now so it's encouraging. I still think, you know, I, I talked about it with Barry right after the trade happened that I'm a, a, actually a little concerned still on the other end of that because if this is the guy that we need, you need him to play like that all the time, not just when he finally gets the trade that he wants or yep. something like that, you know. But it, it's a start. It's a start. The team has to, to get better in a lot of areas. It, it might be a longer trip back or, or a harder um, – journey to get to that point in certain areas than others but this is a start and if he's going to be the franchise player this is the type of of uh, play I need to see from him particularly effort like you mentioned on a daily basis yeah and you know on that subject four games now I know that's not a huge sample size you know that's what five percent of the season or so Um, we've seen the fox and the ox what do you like what do you dislike? What do you think the ceiling is for this tandem? Um, what I like is the yeah Sabonis isn't doing a whole, like much different than what we've known him to do over the past few seasons. It's Fox who's waking up. So what I like is that there's a player who's I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't, like people could disagree. That's totally fine. One, one of these players has been an all-star and one of them hasn't. Sabonis is a better player. He has better accolades. He is making Fox more accountable, not only with his leadership, but also with his talent, you know, and, and his effort. So that's the biggest thing that um, I like. I, I do uh, also like that uh, Fox is putting more of an emphasis on pocket passes and pick and roll. It was something that I had seen him be better than a lot of people remember earlier on. He kind of went away from it and went into more of a, you know, a scoring kind of isolation player. But, um, you know, having a big that he really feels like he can trust, um, I guess is encouraging him to look for the pass more than just get a screen and just be like, okay, I now, like, what did they, did they switch? Did they chase me off and then attack you know, whatever action is there after that. So I would say that's the biggest thing that I like from their their dynamic together. And then, of course, like I said, we've all seen what Sabonis has done as far as everybody else making movements off the ball. I mean, how many games, uh, how, how many, Cal and Barry, did we sit up there and see Fox get the ball and everybody else just watch him and yeah. not do anything off the ball? We, we yeah. don't have as much of that. It's been cut down at least. 50 to 60 percent that alone is enough 
I think even just that is is why Kings fans are already taking this like breath of new fresh air. That's not going to be enough. I'm telling you guys, <laughs> I just don't want you guys to manage your expectations and don't get don't get disappointed. But if you want to feel like that's encouraging, I think I think it's uh, it's it's cause to feel encouraged. Yeah, and they actually have something to build around now, right? Like, how do you build an offense around Fox? having the ball and everyone standing there, at least now there's some ball movement. Uh, you can do something inside, something outside. You know, it gives you something to build off of, which is a positive note. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I see a lot of people here in the chat. And, you know, last time we had you on the show here, we talked about coaching and what guy potentially you would love the Kings to target uh, in the off season. I just want to touch base on that again. What do you like from Alvin Gentry? You know, Calvin and I have talked about the changes that he's made since he's brought in a bunch of these new guys. Some things we like, some things we didn't like. But I just kind of want to hear your opinion on Alvin Gentry at this point. Do you think he'll finish the season with Sacramento? And could he potentially be the head coach of the Kings next year? Um, Alvin Gentry. I have so much respect for Alvin Gentry um, especially him coming in after Luke Walton, he just feels like like a true adult in the room. He feels like someone who you know who you know who's been here before and can act like it. Now that's that's the man, Alvin Gentry. The X's and O's <laughs> on the court, Alvin Gentry. You know, um, I, I would say four four games for me is semi enough to kind of judge the team and the players and not completely but I catch up on trends quick for coaching it's more difficult because coaching is a little more nuanced but we have seen enough things from Alvin Gentry to kind of see that he's still very unsure about like lineups and stuff when it comes to people in minutes it's still like players in minutes still some questionable things happen I want to I want to believe that some of it is stuff that that they are, you know, for 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 a team aspect, they they keep, you know, kind of they keep behind the close to the vest, and they just can't tell us. But um, it 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 just seems like he still kind of doesn't completely know how to utilize the players. Again, that's the hardest thing. Like you you get new players, and you kind of have reports, and you know how they've torched you <laughs> from the teams that they've been on. But guess what? Everybody torches the Kings on teams that they've been on before. So when you get the player, and you're not as good of a team, and you have to figure out how to maximize what that player is good at, it's not something that's easy to figure out in four games. All in all, he's going to finish the year with the team because – um, you know, Vivek and, 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 and co aren't interested in paying, you know, another coach or, you know, or like the way that the coaching collective bargaining agreement is set up. They don't want to have to go deeper into their pockets. Um, I wouldn't expect him to be here next year. I'm still Kenny Atkinson, but I'm but now that we got Sabonis and he's such an offensive player, I'm leaning into Steve Clifford a little bit more because mm. our, this team is still terrible on defense, still God awful on defense um there's more effort and players a little better but there's still enough of the old kings to where rotations are still missed really poorly really badly and i even noticed some of our new players like kind of reaching and stuff more than i've seen them do on their other teams so i'm le i'm really leaning into steve clifford a little bit more tighten up the defense and the offense i don't want to say it'll take care of itself but uh, that that's less of a worry than this defense <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a great pick. I mean, he's been one of the, the guys that we've kind of talked about, you know, in, 
in that same group of players or coaches, Mike D'Antoni, Kenny Atkinson, all year long. I, I wouldn't be upset with Steve Clifford at all. Yeah. What's your dog's name, Skip? Yeah, um, my dog's name Rottweiler is Neighbors. In there, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, my dog's name is Neighbors because I don't know. We got some new neighbors who got some dogs that are pissing off the other dogs. So uh, I left my window open because it was seventy six in here, and now I feel like that was a mistake. I apologize <laughs> to all the uh, viewers and listeners. Um, hopefully, your dog lovers. Shout out to Skip's neighbor's dog. We love dogs on this channel, man. My dog's upstairs. Sometimes you can hear her when she is having too much well, fun. Yeah, also. We can definitely hear her. I don't know how much you guys can. <laughs> I, I would have never known, but yeah, I apologize for Cujo. Sorry, y'all. All good, man. All good. All right. So this is the biggest question for me. What do the Kings have to do or just, you know, what do you need to see for the rest of this season to be successful for Sacramento? Is it making the play-in? Is it making the playoffs? Is there something you're looking for as far as players or coaching? But, you know, I like to look for positives. There's a bunch of negatives around the Kings, right, just for so long. So I try and look towards So I just want to hear from you. What can the Kings do to kind of finish out this season on a positive note? Um, real quick, shout-out to Jeff the Lefty. That's the homie. Um, yeah, to end on a positive note, I mean, really, the biggest thing, like, is uh, defense. Of course, there's still some chemistry things, like, you know, um, you know, the guys that came from Detroit, you know, Dante coming from, um, from uh, Milwaukee, they they have the least amount of chemistry. Why the three people that we, you know, we got Lamb, we got Holiday, we got um, Sabonis that came from the Pacers, so they have the most chemistry. It's going to be a matter of chemistry it's going to be a matter of defense um you know from there i think we'll be all right uh you know sabonis fox and um barnes can all get to the free throw line uh that is that really 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 matters especially like that's something that we don't know how to value as as a team when uh you know when when you when you're in the clutch and the game is close and whatnot you know to give yourself a moment to breathe to you know to to kind of game plan a little bit more talk a little bit more and still score while the clock is stopped so it it's 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 a lot of the little things that we see you know winning teams do especially in the playoffs because um like a successful year for me is getting into the playoffs the the play-in is a the, the, the play-in doesn't really mean a lot to me. The, all the play-in means to me is that um, we got bounced out and we got a worse draft pick. So it would have to be getting into the playoffs to me. It would have to be the chemistry and the defense taking an uptick. Um, accountability, you know, going up a little bit more. And uh, like we said, it's not all on Fox, but he's our point guard. He's, he's supposed to be the leader of the team. If we see him man, this is going to hurt. And I don't even like saying this, but if we see him playing like his life is on the line, a la a John Morant, then that expression of will to win seriously at all costs is what is going to be the thing to really shift Kings fans into the next direction, take the organization to the next level, and for all involved, from the players, coaching staff, Staff, staff uh, with the Kings organization that, that we never hear about, everybody to really feel like 
this is what we need. This is what we deserve. This is where we want to be. Those are the things that are going to need to be addressed. And that's what, what success is going to look like for me for the rest of the season. What do you think, Kel? I agree. If the Kings are able to somehow make the playoffs this season, I would consider that a tremendous success given how badly off uh, a start they got off to you fire your head coach. Uh, what was it like 19 games in or something like yeah, that? Yeah. You lose even more after that. Then you trade away the, the one like shining bright hope that you had on this team. Everybody thought Tyrese was going to be the future for Sacramento. So to go through all of that and then still make the playoffs, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm not predicting that, but if that were to happen, I would consider it a tremendous success. Uh, as far as what do I really think success is going to look like for the rest of the season, it's definitely not measured in wins or losses. I, I totally agree with Skip. I want to see this team make strides on the defensive end. I don't need them to be the best defensive team in the league by the end of the year, but they've got to play a little bit better. They've got to, to kind of find themselves as a group, you know, right? I mean, and that is going to take time. Most teams, they get an entire offseason to work on this stuff. They have summer league. They have training camp. They have all that stuff. These players were just thrown together at the trade deadline. So it, it is going to take time, and it's probably going to be next season before we really see what this team can look like, both offensively and defensively. You add the fact that they need a coach into that, and that also you know, adds another development to that. But for, for me, I just want to see the team continue to get more comfortable with each other. I'm not really worried about them offensively at this point. I just want to see them play uh, more like a, a collective unit defensively and, and make some more stops and stop giving up 120 points a game. You know, if they could just give up 115 a game, I, I'd be okay with that. I think my standards are a little lower than both of yours, and maybe that's because I've been a Kings fan for so long. But if the <laughs> Kings are making the playoffs, dude, I'm, I, you will see me wearing that neon green borat bathing suit great success oh, i will dude, be i just so said it would be excited a great i will be so excited <laughs> but for me if i'm just talking about successful season it's going to be finishing up the season healthy having all these guys ready for next season for me that is one of the biggest things is if sabonis you know were to knock on wood here have any kind of injury or fox were to have any kind of injury that would affect them into next season that would be horrible Yes, I want to make the playoffs. Yes, I want to get better. But, you know, having this whole team healthy to start next season for me is is one of my top priorities. And that doesn't mean I'm benching guys or sitting them for the rest of the year because I think that these are important minutes uh, for these guys to get together, these important games to develop some chemistry. But uh, uh, my standards are much, much lower, much, much lower than your guys's. <laughs> I see somebody in the chat here is asking about Rick Adelman's son. I think that's David Adelman. I think he's the assistant coach with Denver. We're going to get to see him next week. Do you have any thoughts on, on David potentially coming to Sacramento as a coach? I know he's young. I know he uh, doesn't have a lot of experience, but we got to give the fans what they want. Right, Skip? I, I mean, that's what Vivek is saying. So, so people start buying tickets again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You like, I'm just kind of over like the moral victories and like the feel good stuff. Like, Monty ripped the bandaid off. You know what I mean? Like, if he's gonna rip the bandaid off, then like, I wanna, I, I'll get like do the surgery, put the stitches in, heal the freaking thing 
put it through physical therapy, get it back out on the court, get us where we need to be. Like, I'm just, that's just where I'm at now. Like, I don't want the Doug Christie, like, coaching thing, you know, like, I just don't care about the nostalgia anymore. Like, I'm, I'm just kind of over it. Like, T- to me, like, I don't even care about the, the, like, there's no, there hasn't been a Kings-Lakers rivalry in forever. It doesn't exist anymore. They left us in the dust. Like, if it's going to be 2022, I really want to say, like, okay, Lee, let, like, let the, as, as, except for, like, the us being losers for so long. But I want to leave all that, the, what's in the past in the past, and I want to, like, go forward. Like, if we're leaning into Fox, we got Sabonis. If that's what it's going to be, like, I just want them to lean into that and do then make take the necessary steps and i am not a fan of the uh, of the move that monty mcnair made but i but i'm all, i can be um objective if that's the direction that he wants to go in he made all the right moves to to lean into that direction so i'm like lean into it i mean and it, i don't i don't know if you guys discussed the press conference or not i think you no no we did on the, the last, press conference yeah. happened Okay, so in the press conference, Monty pretty much said that this move was not for this year. It's for next year. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, like, do whatever, you know, like, like you said, successful to you would be like everybody being healthy and everything like that. It's true. I do have higher standards because I've paid years of, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like season tickets and all that stuff. I've, I've given this organization, I mean, easily just myself close to like $12,000 over the last just seven seasons. You know what I mean? Like I, I like, I want to be in the big show and everything else for me, I'm just not going to let them off the hook and let them think that the moves that they made that don't like that don't get us in the playoffs this year or for sure next year. are Okay. And, and, and I don't know. That's just, I think that's what all Kings fans deserve it. I'm like, I'm going to hold the line there for all Kings fans. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. On, on that point about Monty and, you know, this wouldn't have been the move that I made, but he chose a direction and he's sticking with it. And I applaud that. And I think that he made the right moves in the direction that he chose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about it. Like incredible moves for the direction that he chose. I, like I'm impressed. Like if that's where you want to go and that's what you were able to get, it's impressive to me. You're, you're showing GM bars. Yeah. Way to go, Monty. Yep. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you guys both said. As far as David Adelman, um, I, I'll be honest, I don't know too much about him personally. I know that everybody that comes through the Denver Nuggets organization, and if you work in the front office or on the coaching staff... Ends up in Sacramento. You're, well, no, not necessarily. <laughs> they might end up somewhere else. For example, Chicago, their GM, yep. Denver's GM, used to be, or he used to be in Denver. Now he is in Chicago, and he turned that team around in one season. The, the people that work in that organization, I can say very, very good things about. They seem to have it down. I don't know what their development process is like, um, but it, it, is, it seems to be working very well. So in terms of taking a risk on a guy like that, it could turn out to be something good. Uh, but I still think that this team needs, like Skip is saying, a more proven commodity, a, a more well-known name. Um, you know, somebody that is going to walk into the locker room and immediately demand respect right away. Not to say that David Adelman couldn't do that eventually, yeah. but I, I need somebody who's who's got who's going to throw weight around a little bit more. Um, you know, when he gets hired, I'm seeing Mark Jackson in the chat. I here. would love Mark Jackson. I would love Mark Jackson. I know you would too. Yeah, yeah, I like Mark Jackson a lot. First off, I want to give a shout out to our boy Fred here. 
Uh, Fred had to bail out a little early on Monday night. He had some work to handle with the missus. So <laughs> shout out, shout out, Fred. I'm glad you're able to join us again tonight here. But Skip, uh, you got any thoughts on on Mark Jackson? I know we briefly touched on him last time, but any any new thoughts on on Mark and what he could bring to Sacramento? Um, Mark um, definitely brings uh, the respect. He's a very respectful man, a man of pride. Um, so that is something that the team would feel. That's something that the team needs. How many nights have we said, like, where are these guys? Where Where is the pride, you know, in these players mm-hmm. and whatnot? Mm-hmm. So those are the things that, um, that Mark would bring. Um, he's been, like, as much as he's been in tune with basketball, like, it's, it's you know, just like it's different playing, you know, being a pro and playing pickup games versus being a pro and then, like, you know, playing the 82-game schedule and being on the road and time zone changes and all of that stuff you know all uh, like what people are thinking like when's Ben Simmons going to be ready like playing pickup games and then being game ready two totally different things he has not been on the coaching grind um with guys and um and and I think we all can agree that players and their mentality has changed a lot uh just even over the last five seasons let alone as long as Mark has been out um I am someone who I I really like Mark and I I mean I would probably accept him but if we could go for someone who's kind of got you know demands all the respect you know uh has shown that they've been there before and all that stuff but has kind of been more in the groove of uh being an nba coach i would i would prefer that yeah i'm tired of the stepping stone coaches you know i I like mark jackson i'd I'd be happy with him here but he he, to me is a stepping stone coach and i want a guy that's going to be here for a while oh yeah i agree with that I'm seeing uh, Sam Cassell here in the chat. That's a name that I brought up earlier this season. The alien? The alien. Uh, it would be, I think, a bit of a risky move. Um, but at the same time, I think it was John Wall. Uh, when he got drafted, Sam Cassell was his one of his assistant coaches. Yep. And he really credited Sam Cassell with developing him into an all-star level player. Uh, Sam has played for a lot of great teams as a player, championship experience. Mm-hmm. He's been on a lot of really good coaching staffs as well. I'm actually surprised that he hasn't gotten I'm an really opportunity too. as a head coach so far because he's been on the bench for a long time now in, in this league. He's a guy that I think you could take worse risks on than him, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Like a lot of these guys, I, I wouldn't be angry – um, like I was in hiring a guy like Luke Walton. But, yeah, I think you just got to go with a guy with a little bit more experience. Um, you know, nothing against Sam at all. But I think these guys need someone to look after or look up to, and that would be a guy that maybe has a ring or as a coach, head coach, yeah. or uh, just a guy that's had that head coaching experience for a while and is like, this is how it's going. This is what needs to happen. This is where we're going. Do you guys want to achieve this? Listen to me. Follow me. And I think that's important. All right, next question. We're looking ahead here to the draft. I know in Monty's press conference, he, you know, one of the things he raved about about himself and his <laughs> trades, you know, I'm so great. Uh, I did all this without giving up first-round picks. And he kind of threw a little jab in there that was like, now we have that. I'm ready to be aggressive in the offseason. And I'll, I'll use that pick to bring in another guy. So I, I don't know if he's going to end up trading it or not. But if he were to keep the pick, is there anybody in the draft that, that stands out to you? Anybody that you really like in this draft uh, that's achievable for the Kings, Skip? Um, 
man, I'm I'm sorry. I, I don't watch as much college college hoops as I um, as I have before. Kind of like I watch so much NBA basketball because I, I crave the high level hoops so much that um, I just I don't really make a lot of time for for college hoops. Sometimes I watch it when I'm over at my parents because they got like three screens. And I love seeing the effort that those guys play with, but like, you know, the missing of the shots and like some of the other stuff is kind of like, eh, you know, like, oh yeah, that's why I watch NBA basketball. But um, I will say this. Uh, I noticed that Monty said that he made it a point. That was like a very personal thing that he made sure he said during the press conference. Um, one of the things about the trade deadline is you kind of you kind of let teams get desperate, right? You you let them see what they're lacking, and then they get down to that point of desperation where they're willing to give up things that they wouldn't normally give up if it wasn't like you know if there wasn't some sort of deadline. Like um, I I would not be surprised if Monty <laughs> does trade the pick because here's the thing, he got he got an All Star now, and now he's like I only need one more true piece for whatever it is one more offensive juggernaut one more defensive stopper to put in the you know i need one more starter that's going to take us you know to that to that next uh to that next level so if he's going all in which he is then he's at the point now where he and he has enough picks he can go ahead and he can let some of those picks go he can really triple down on getting to the playoffs next season and um i like do not be surprised if that's the move that monty mcnair makes on the night of the draft of course we have to let the draft um the draft lottery thing happen and see what pick we get but let, let me tell you if we get lucky again and we get another one of those you know if we if we get closer you know down the line into that that um that pick rank don't be surprised if if monty takes that packages something else and goes ahead and grabs a player from a team who tried as they might and then they realize after the end of the season this is not going to work we need to start our rebuild don't be surprised if money grabs one of those guys um i mean just a i mean like gosh i don't know how the salary would work but i'm just throwing this name out there but we just saw that it really didn't work out for washington did it oh you like bradley beal huh who doesn't I know. i'm not saying <laughs> I mean, we can get a bradley beal i'm just saying like that's an example of the team who Yep. They made promising. It didn't end up working out. Now they, and you know, he, he went and he did his surgery. They know. I'm just saying teams like that, you know, be ex expect Monty McNair to, you know, be calling them, knocking on their door. Yeah, if I had to bet my life on it, I would say the Kings are definitely going to trade this pick. But I think uh, Calvin watches much more. Bet your life on it. Wow. I mean, if I had to, if I had to choose okay. keeper or trade, I'm going to say he's trading it. Okay. Calvin watches much more college hoops than probably Skip and I combined because <laughs> – Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> not this year. <laughs> but any of these guys you're looking at, I know the Kings are projected at seven right now. I see in a mock draft, A.J. Griffin. Uh, you know, which guy would you look to target here? Um, well, yeah, I, I do. I love college basketball. I got to say that. Gotham, it, it hurts me to hear that you say watching college basketball is like watching the WNBA. <laughs> that hurts me, honestly. Really wow. Good. But That's um, what it's like for that, me before the, the, the tournament. That, I'll watch the tournament that before said, that. That being said, obviously it really depends on where the Kings end up falling. I mean, are they going to somehow sneak into the play-in tournament and perhaps farther than that? That's obviously going to make their draft pick a lot uh, different than what it's projected at right now. I do think if they're going to be in that 7 to 8, 6 to 8 range, something like that, I agree with a couple people here in the chat. They need to be looking at another 
solid wing defender that's got potential as a playmaker or as an offensive player as well. Ben Matherin, to me, is a great pick if you're going to be in at that number seven or something like that. He should be available at that point. Uh, he's been on one of the best teams in the league all year, still very young. He's a sophomore, good size at 6'7", great athlete, really improved his game offensively coming into this season. He is a very good potential defender as well. Arizona has been one of the top defenses in the college game all season long. So I think it would make a lot of sense to take somebody like that if they were picking at number six or seven, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. love to see a guy like Jaden Ivy fall to that level as well, but yeah. I, I'm not sure he'll still be there at seven. That's another name I would really like for Sacramento. Um, but I think Ben Matherin would be a really solid pick. Yeah, I think the Kings will probably have to move up to four to get a guy like yeah. Ivy. Well, Skip, thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us. Calvin, you got any more questions for Skip tonight? No, nah, man, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Like you said, it was really awesome to meet you uh, the other week back in Sacramento, and I hope that we get to do that a bunch more times here in the future. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. Thank you so much for joining us again on the show. For all you guys watching, Skip runs an awesome YouTube channel called the Sacktown Breakdown. Skip, you want to plug the channel in here for him? Yeah, sure. You know, the Sacktown Breakdown is broken down. There's a big, uh, you know, uh, under construction sign on there. But if you want to go like uh, if you got some extra time and you just want to see a guy having fun with uh, how crazy these kings are and then, you know, also doing some serious analysis on it. Check it out. Uh, it's the Sacktown Breakdown on uh, YouTube. Um, check me out over there. Um, shout out to Callum Barry again. It was so awesome meeting y'all in person. We're definitely going to be doing it again. Give me a heads up next time because you know that I live right right near the airport, so I got y'all covered. <laughs> Vinny wants and to shout out to the up. homie Vinny. Yeah, because I was about to say, that's my guy, Vinny. So I appreciate y'all. I'll see y'all soon. Thanks for having me on. Dude, awesome, man. Thank you so much. Have a good night, buddy. Appreciate you. You too. All right, guys. It's break time again, but when we come back, we're going to take a look into the Sacramento Kings next week of basketball action with Kings Crusade. Welcome to Royal Rebounds, a Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings continue their crusade to get back to the playoffs. Next up is the Denver Nuggets. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you smash up that like button down below. And if you would like to join the Royal family, hit that subscribe button. All right, Calvin, I think we're jumping the gun here a little bit on the next week of action because we do have almost... <laughs> an entire week off yes, yes. uh i want to remind everyone to join us on friday for another episode of the royal report we will continue to produce and release that every friday during the season it is on this youtube channel uh so you can find it there all-star weekend i think we got davion mitchell if his uh, hand contusion heals <laughs> will be playing and then i think vivek's daughter is also going to be playing in the celebrity all-star game so we have two Sacramento Kings, I guess you could say, <laughs> in this year's All-Star Weekend. Uh, but most importantly for Sacramento, it's a week off. It's some time to practice. It's some time to gain some chemistry, to get some guys healthy, and to just get figure out exactly what this offense and defense is going to look like. Yeah, I don't know exactly how many practice days they'll have scheduled because obviously 
this time is meant to give NBA players a, a break and a rest. Uh, you know, they have the all-star festivities to either participate in or attend as a spectator. Shout out to Tanvir, who is in the in the chat. We see you, buddy. Thank you for joining us. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's an opportunity to, to get some rest, maybe hang out as a group together, you know, have some some team bonding experiences if they're not going to be on the practice court together or something like that. Maybe they could do like what the Suns did a few years ago, you know, their team bonding that yeah. they did before yeah. they got good I in mean, the bubble. If anybody, you know, we should maybe DM some of these guys, tell them to come out to Maui. We'll take them on some hikes, uh, you know, jump off some waterfalls, things like that. Obviously not the, the big ones or whatever. We don't want to get anybody hurt. But. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the story where I met Joe Kim Noah on BlackRock? Yeah. And he was, like, jumping off there. I'm like, dude, this guy is so tall. It's got to be, like, higher for him to jump because he's taller. And he jumped off <laughs> yeah. once, and the he guy re- was... He reaches terminal velocity yeah. faster than you. The guy was with him, and he's like, you want to jump again? And he's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and then they swam in. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. All right, well, as far as the next week of basketball goes, the Kings return on February 24th against the Denver Nuggets. They just ended their three-game road trip, so they will be back home in Sacramento for this game. Then they go on to play the Nuggets again on Saturday in Denver. Then it gets a little bit easier, but these are the games that we really circled, right? The Thunder, the Pelicans, the Spurs. These are all road games. Then they go into Dallas to face the Mavericks. We saw the big changes the Mavericks made in in sending out Kristaps Porzingis. So it's going to be an interesting next couple weeks of basketball. Calvin, do you have any keys to this uh, Denver series? Um, well, I didn't write any down because, you know, I, I got home from work like an hour before the show started and I used all that time to try and watch the, the Bulls game. But real quickly, <laughs> the Kings game, you mean? The, the, yes, the Kings game <laughs> against the Bulls. Uh, Calvin's <laughs> a Bulls fan. Real, real quickly, I would have said whatever team they were playing, but real quickly, I would say that rebounding is obviously going to be a huge, huge factor in this game. Anytime you're playing Nikola Jokic. Yep. Sabonis and him, that's going to be a key matchup individually in this game. We saw that rebounding was pretty much the only statistic that the Kings lost out on in in the team stats tonight. So rebounds are going to be very, very important, particularly keeping Jokic off the offensive glass. Number two, I want to see De'Aaron Fox put Jokic in the pick and roll all night long. He is a horrible pick and roll defender. Uh, Sabonis and him, they want to run this two-man game anyway, so I want to see De'Aaron Fox attack Jokic all night long in the pick and roll. Those would be my my first two thoughts here. Number three is probably just going to be more of like, you know, we need to get stops. We need to, to continue to work on chemistry and all this other stuff. I think Harrison Barnes has got to step up and play another good game for the Kings, but th- those are my two biggest things. they got to control the or try to control the boards as much as possible and Darren needs to see if he can get some foul trouble on Jokic early on or at least take advantage of having a wide open mid-range jump shot because Jokic sags off so much yep. on that pick and roll and the Kings need to score more points than they allow I think <laughs> I that's, uh, that's I left number three <laughs> open for you I was hoping you were going to take it have you heard this Sabonis nickname baby Joker no but I have heard someone call him Saboner Saboner yeah <laughs> yeah I thought that was the name for a fan that really liked him. <laughs> that could be too, I guess. What do you think about this baby Joker nickname? 
I mean, we saw he almost had a triple double tonight. Yeah, I mean, they they do have some similar styles, uh, some similar games. Like they they're you know complete players as centers. They're good passers. Uh, they're very physical. The Joker is a much more polished offensive player. I will say. I mean, he's a much better outside shooter than Sabonis is. But yeah, it, you know, I I could see the comparison there for sure. So out of these next six games, two of them are against the Nuggets. Then with Thunder, Pelicans, Spurs, Mavericks, which one are you looking forward to the most? That's a tough question. Um, I'll probably say the Pelicans and the Spurs game, like if I could pick both of them, just because if the Kings are going to get into this playoff conversation, those two are absolutely must-win games. Um, and the Pelicans are a little bit of a new look now with C.J. McCollum in there. Yep. Um, the Spurs, they didn't make a whole lot of changes, but DeJounte Murray against De'Aaron Fox is always a fun matchup to watch. So those are, are really important games for a team that's 15 <laughs> games below 500 or whatever. 16, 16 games <laughs> below 500. So I'll, I'll pick those two games. I'm going to let you choose two. I mean, we make the rules here, so we can do whatever we want. So <laughs> I'll, I'll let you choose those two. One thing important to note, though, is both of those games are on a back-to-back. Yeah. So that's going to be tough for Sacramento. Did you hear the news today about Zion? I did hear the news about Zion. Good thing they didn't trade for him, right? Potentially another surgery on that foot. Devastating news for the Pelicans. Uh, devastating news for Zion. You know, yeah. prayers out to him. Dude has such a promising career and so much potential. We really hope that he can, you know, at least get halfway there, right? I mean. Yeah, I, I like you said, I hope that he gets healthy and gets back on the court soon. I think Saboner is the winner here in the chat. Or everybody has a Saboner. I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's, but, both. Uh, <laughs> it's, <Probably>. it's both. It's <laughs> both. Oh, that's hilarious. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us on another Royal Rebounds podcast. Unfortunately, the Kings lose tonight, 125-118 to the Chicago Bulls. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button to join the Royal family with Calvin, Vinny, and I. We'll see you guys all on Friday for another episode of the Royal Report. Uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. Maybe you guys will catch us on an impromptu live stream if we got some stuff to talk about, uh, about All-Star Weekend, stuff like that. But we will be working on things in the background, so stay tuned. And then we'll see you all next Thursday for Kings Nuggets. Hopefully we can celebrate a victory. But everyone have a wonderful night. Thanks again for joining us. And in the meantime, go Kings.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.